Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for July 17th, 2023. And on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the Cowboys defensive line, the interior of their defensive line. We'll be saving the defensive ends for another episode. But before we get into the episode, please make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to hit that like button and subscribe. I would greatly appreciate that. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this at, make sure to follow the show and make sure to leave a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much for that. I cannot believe that training camp is right around the corner. It feels like yesterday we lost that game in San Francisco, that heartbreaking game in San Francisco. Uh, Thank the Lord that this was a quick offseason. It felt like last offseason was forever. It felt like it took forever to get to the beginning of the season. I can't believe that the draft has already been damn near three months ago. Like That's so crazy to me. It feels like yesterday I was going over these prospects and seeing who the Cowboys could potentially pick. But um, I have no complaints for the short offseason or what felt like a short offseason. Obviously, all the offseasons are the same in length, but some go slower than others. It seems like this one has just went by in a flash. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I feel great about this team going into the season, the acquisitions that they made in the offseason, the draft that they had. I feel like they filled up a lot of holes this offseason. You know, obviously, we talked about the offensive line. That's something that could potentially raise some question marks, but. Overall, I think that this is a very well-rounded team, and I think that this team can go as far as they want to go. You know, it's it's going to come down to they, – they always have talent, right? But, you know, to me, are they going to shoot themselves in the foot like they did last season, like they've done in previous years? Because to me, that's going to be the separator between is this the same old Cowboys or is this a different team? Because if this is truly a different team, we're going to go away from – all that stuff where we shoot ourselves in the foot early in these games and really set ourselves back because this team is far too talented uh, to just stay at the divisional round in the playoffs. You know, obviously we'll have to see how the year plays out, but just with the talent on this team, NFC Championship should be our expectation for this upcoming season. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. I want to get into the news about Tony Power not signing a long-term extension before training camp. I understand why the Cowboys are doing this. Look, I really like Tony Powered, but the truth of the matter is this guy is coming off an injury. I assume that the Cowboys want to see how he performs this upcoming season, but I also want to see how the Cowboys use him this year. I want to see what Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer have uh, in their hand for Tony Powered because I look at Tony Powered as a Christian McCaffrey type player. Like when you look at how the 49ers use Christian McCaffrey, they might give him 15 carries a game, but they line him in the slot. They line him out wide. He's more than just solely a carrier of the football. He is a guy who can be a a very solid wide receiver as well. And that's something that I think Tony Powered can do. If you were to give him 15 carries a game and give him about I don't know, 20 snaps in in the slot or out wide or whatever it may be, around that number, not exactly that number. I think that you could really be getting a solid 
return on your investment if you're able to get them at a good price. Now, a good price to me would be about $8 million a year for, you know, maybe three or four years. Obviously, you know, there would be funny money involved with that. And maybe eight, $8 million a year guaranteed wouldn't be the price tag. Maybe it would be a little less than that. You know, I, there are more qualified people that uh, structure these contracts. But something that does come up to me is the Cowboys do have a lot of extensions coming down the pipe here. They have Trayvon Diggs. They have Micah Parsons. They have Dak and uh, CD and Terrence Steele and all these guys. That's why I don't believe that they get a deal done with Tony Power. And I, I think this is probably Tony Power's last season with this team, which is honestly upsetting, to be honest with you, because I feel like the Cowboys have underutilized Tony Power his entire career. I think that this is a guy who is much more than what the Cowboys did with him, especially with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Now, you know, I've talked about this multiple times on this show. Kellen Moore did not get the best out of the players on this team, and Tony Pollard was a prime example of that. Hopefully, the Cowboys this upcoming season can get the best out of Tony Pollard so that he can truly display his value and see the player that I see in Tony Pollard, which is a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara-type player. And if that's the case... I think that the Cowboys would be foolish not to sign this guy if he's the type of player that those guys are, especially with the running back market the way it is. You'll be able to get him at a good price, no doubt no doubt about it. You know, those guys, McCaffrey and Kamara, they were getting paid when the running back market was a little higher back when Ezekiel Elliott signed his contract. But, uh, you know, honestly, I feel like Tony Pollard is going to be in for a big season if he comes back healthy. So it is unfortunate that I think that this is going to be his last year. But if he goes out there and balls out to the extent that I think he can ball out to, I think that the Cowboys will find a way to re-sign him. Let's get into this defensive line. So they are much improved from last season. When you look at the starting rotation that the Cowboys had to start last season, it was Quentin Bohan, it was Neville Gallimore, it was Oso Digizua. Those were the main three guys that we were focused on going into last season. It is a completely different unit. You have now Jonathan Hankins, Mozzie Smith, and Oso Digizua. That is a much improved unit. Now, I do like Bohanna. We're going to talk about Bohanna. I do like him, but not in a starting role. Like now that you have guys that are better than him, and he's just a guy who's more so a secondary option at that position, I feel much better about Quentin Bohannon than I did last year. Even though I did see strides in Quentin Bohannon's game in the preseason, it just didn't translate into the regular season as much as we wanted it to. Again, he didn't have a bad season by any means last year. I actually think he was better last season than he was his rookie season. But I still don't think that he's necessarily the guy... um, to really hold down that one tech spot for the Cowboys, in my personal opinion, at the current moment. Maybe going into the future, that changes, but not at the current moment. Um, at the current moment, though, the only true pass rusher on this interior is Oso Digizilla. When you look at the personnel that they have, Mozzie Smith, maybe he can be a pass rusher. We're going to have to wait and see. You know, like, he was talking about how at Michigan, they didn't really make him rush the pass, or they didn't ask him to do that. So the Cowboys expect that Mozzie Smith is going to be a really good pass rusher on the next level. Until I see it, I cannot count on him being uh, you know, a good pass rusher this upcoming season. If we're just breaking it down this season, I got to see it before I can believe it. If I do see it in preseason, I will make sure to document it and say, yo, Michigan was really holding back from what this guy could actually do. But in terms of proven production on the interior 
and proven uh, you know, talent to get pressure on the quarterback. Oso Diazua at the current moment is the only one that I feel confident being able to do so. Um, but they do have a solid number of run defenders, like good run defenders. I think Oso Diazua is an underrated run defender. I think Jonathan Hankins is fantastic against the run. Mozzie Smith is a guy who's going to play one tech and three tech. And I think that that's going to be able to create multiple interesting combinations that the Cowboys can put out there. If they play a five-man front and they have, let's just say, uh, you know, Bohanna as like a two-eye, you have um, uh, Hankins as a zero, and then Mozzie Smith as like a two-eye or something along those lines. You know, it creates for some interesting combinations. Hankins and Mozzie, you can have Hankins as a one-tech uh, Mozzie Smith is a three tech. So there are definitely some interesting com- combinations that this uh, defensive line can have in terms of the rotation that they put out there with Dan Quinn. So that's going to be interesting to see. I would say uh, this is the best defensive line that this team has had in years. This is the best interior defensive line that they've had in years. And just to go over the depth chart real quick of who the Cowboys have on this defensive line. They have Mozzie Smith, Oso Digizua, Jonathan Hankins, Chauncey Golston, Neville Galmar, Quentin Bohanna, and Isaac Alicorn. He was the um, guard who transitioned to uh, one tech or defensive tackle, but they're looking for him to be, you know, a one tech or to make the team as a one tech. That's probably what he's going to be doing. So overall, yeah, just, you know, a solid defensive line unit. I think, you know, this is a, a defensive line unit that you can put up with the rest of the league and say they might not be as talented as some of the best defensive lines, but they definitely have a, a decent amount of depth on this defensive line. Let's talk about our first round pick, Mr. Mozzie Smith from the Michigan Wolverines. I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, even though I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm a diehard Ohio State fan. I was completely fine with the fact that the Cowboys drafted Mozzie Smith. I wanted them to draft Mozzie Smith because, to be honest with you, I don't care where you went to college. I don't care if you went to Michigan. If you're a good player and you can play, I want you on my NFL team. Doesn't matter. So I was happy with the Mozzie Smith pick. Um, This was the guy that I wanted the Cowboys to draft, him or either Darnell Wright. I was... Looking at the the tight ends because I thought I thought the Cowboys were going to draft the tight end. You know they threw that curveball in passing up on the tight end. So like the way I looked at the draft, I was like, all right, they're dead set on it. At least let the the best tight end fall to them. Luckily, they didn't draft one. They drafted somebody who I believe could end up being the best defensive tackle in this draft. Like I don't think it's crazy to think that this guy could eventually be better than Jalen Carter. I mean, he's going to have to prove it. Because if if you tell that to anybody outside the Cowboys fan base, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. But I think there's substance to that take. I mean, Mozzie Smith is an athletic freak. And now you're matching him with maybe the best defensive mind in all football in Dan Quinn, a guy who is his, his bread and butter is the defensive line. I think that this could be huge for uh, the Cowboys. I think that they really found a, a really good player here. You know, I mean, like when you watch the tape of Mozzie Smith, when when he was when when he wasn't getting double teamed and it was just one on one, I felt bad for the offensive lineman trying to block him because he beat the he beat the hell out of him. I mean, seriously, you watch that Ohio State game. If he wasn't getting double teamed, he was getting pressure on the quarterback, even in pass rush snaps. So that's why, like when Will, Will McClay talks about the Cowboys turning him into more of a pass rusher while also being a really good run defender, I can see what they're they're looking at. 
But, you know, a few things that I want to go over. He played 632 snaps in 2022 in college for the Michigan Wolverines. Compare that to Jalen Carter, who played 392 snaps. Compare that to Kawaja Kansi, who played 454 snaps for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Those were the two defensive tackles that were drafted over him. And he's going to come into Dan Quinn's system. They're going to ask him to play 30 to 35 snaps a game. I can't see them asking him to play more than 35 snaps a game because Oso Digizio, we're going to talk about him. He averaged about, you know, mid 30s, but he was in his second year. I expect Mozzie Smith, yeah, he'll be around that 35 number just because he has versatility to play one tech and three tech. So I think that Dan Quinn is going to take advantage of that. But here's the thing. Mozzie Smith will help the Cowboys pass rush on day one, even if he isn't a great pass rusher on day one. And the reason why I say this is because when you have a guy who can be a really good run defender, now you're now teams aren't able to keep up with down and distance, right? So instead of third and two, they'll be in third and six because they're not able to run the ball effectively, thus giving your uh, pass rush more time to get off. So that's something that we have to take into consideration when it comes to Mozzie Smith helping out the pass rush. He'll help out the pass rush from day one, even if he's not a good pass rusher. So that's something to uh, take into account. Uh, we talked about the snaps earlier. I think that he has three down linemen potential. I really do. I think he could play on all three downs if he wants to. But I think, you know, they're not going to ask him to do that. You know, on, 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 in the NFL, you don't see defensive tackles getting 40 plus snaps a game it's 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 not common to see that just because you're playing so many damn games like in college right he played 14 games if you're in the nfl and let's just say like the maximum amount of games you can play is 21 let's just say you know you go to the super bowl um and you don't get a buy so 21 games that that's always what if you're a super bowl contending team you should be conditioning your team for a 21-game season. You should be building your team for a 21-game season. The Cowboys should be doing this because they are Super Bowl contenders. Don't anybody try and tell you anything different. They are Super Bowl contenders, no doubt about it. So um, I think that the Cowboys need to prep their team uh, for that. So, um, And like I talked about, he can play one tech, he can play three tech, versatile guy, just overall very high on Mozzie Smith. I think that the Cowboys, you know, made a really good pick drafting Mozzie Smith, and I can't wait to see him flourish on this team. Let's talk about Oso Digizua. This is a guy who I am a big fan of. Okay, so his rookie season, he was fine. You know, I feel like he played a lot better in the early parts of his rookie season, and then he kind of hit that rookie wall. And honestly, I think it's because they really didn't have anybody at defensive tackle outside of Oso in that 2021 season. He comes into 2022, and I thought that he was much better. I think that they do hold him back a little bit because I think that this is a guy that can penetrate and get upfield and be an effective pass rusher, very much like a Jeffrey Simmons type. Not, I'm not saying that he's as good as Jeffrey Simmons, but that's kind of how I look at Oso Digizua. But they used him more so as a stuntman this past season on these pass rushdowns. Not saying they used him like that all the time, but uh, far too many times I feel like they used him like that. I would like to just see him go one-on-one -on -one and get upfield and beat offensive linemen uh, off the ball because he's very quick off the ball, Oso Digizua is. And, you know, I'm, I'm just very excited to see the leap that this guy takes in a year three. I thought that he would, you know, I, I thought he was really good his second season. I, I really do. And I think with more opportunity and him getting more 
um, uh, acquainted with being the guy on that defensive line because I do think at the current moment he's your best defensive lineman. Until we see what Mozzie Smith can be, I think that Mozzie Smith, um, by this time next season, we're going to be looking at him as the best defensive lineman on this team, interior defensive lineman. But for the current moment, I I, I think it's Oso Diazua until proven other uh, otherwise. He's a very good pass rusher from the interior, but he's an underrated run defender as well. I don't feel like people give him enough credit uh, as a run defender. This is a guy who uh, very good at shedding offensive linemen when needed or, or, you know, timing his sheds. He's very good at, you know, using his quickness to get off the ball and make plays against the run. So overall, to me, a a very well-rounded defensive tackle, but he's a guy that I don't think has hit his ceiling yet. And, you know, I think this upcoming season, I I expect to see even more growth from Oso Diizua. Let's move on to Jonathan Hankins. This is a guy that the Cowboys brought in midseason because they weren't necessarily satisfied with the production that they were getting out of their defensive tackles. So they traded a six-round pick for Jonathan Hankins. This was a fantastic acquisition for the Cowboys. This guy was really good for the Cowboys when he was healthy. He had that pec injury that kept him out for a few games. He was back come playoff time, and I, I, I thought even in the playoffs he played at a very high level. And the Cowboys were able to re-sign him. And they got him for a really good price. I think they got him for $1.5 million, so that's not a bad contract at all. This guy is a a very good player, in my personal opinion. So look at this, right? To show you guys how important this guy was when he was on the field, the Cowboys' success rate versus the run was 74% when he was on the field. The best run defense in the league was 73%. So when Jonathan Hankins was on the field, the Cowboys had the best run defense in the league. According to the numbers, that's just just the numbers that I'm bringing up. Now, granted, those numbers are going to go a certain way if he's on the field, uh, on the team throughout the whole entire season. But just saying through the the number of uh, uh, times that he was on the field for the Cowboys and the success rate that they had when he was on the field, they were a good run defense. Maybe they weren't the best in the league, but they were at least good when he was on the field, which is why I'm actually really excited about the Mozzie Smith pick because you get these two on the field at the same time. Teams are not going to be running the ball on the interior like they were this past season. So you could see the difference when he was on the field and when he wasn't on the field. You look at those games when he got hurt uh, during that Texans game, what they did against us uh Jacksonville, that is, what they did against us on the ground. You know, you could see the difference. And honestly, this was why it was such a a great idea to bring him back because you needed a guy that is just a a flat-out nose tackle, one tech, not a guy who can shift through two positions, which obviously that's great to have. But, you know, if he wasn't going to be on this team, you're most likely looking at Quentin Bohanna back in that main guy at that one tech position. And I just don't think that that would have been great for the Cowboys. I don't, but you have Jonathan Hankins. He's more than suitable. So I'm excited to see what he does for the Cowboys this upcoming season. And he's going to be 31 years old this upcoming season, right? There's a lot of people that think that Jonathan Hankins is old. He's only 31 years old. And for nose, nose tackles, that's, that's still young. He still has plenty of years ahead of him. I know the Cowboys have him on a one-year deal, so we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what he does for this defense with a full season under his belt on this team. Chauncey Golston is a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing more of this upcoming season. This is a guy who his rookie season was playing defensive end. They moved him to defensive tackle. He put on a bunch of weight 
And I think that did affect his play this past season. I don't think he was necessarily comfortable playing defensive tackle. And that's fine because when you switch to a different position, there is going to be a transition period. And I think last year was the transition period for Chauncey Golston. But as you could tell with the fact that he was able to put on such so much muscle in a short period of time, this is a guy who works hard. He's dedicated. He is a guy who puts in the work. So I think that Chauncey Golston is really going to improve this upcoming season. I think that this is a guy that could have a breakout season. And no doubt about it. When you look at the way that Dan Quinn talks about Chauncey Golson, especially coming off of that Washington game, he was asked about him going into the Tampa Bay game in the playoffs, and he talked glowingly of Chauncey Golson. So I think that he has a plan for Dan Quinn. We talked about this on the past podcast where Dan Quinn has this three-year timeline for players. This is what you are your first season. This is what we want you to be your second season, and this is what we want you to be your third season. My question is, if that's the way he goes about it, which I think He's even said in the past that's the way he goes about it. Does that timeline get get moved a little bit backwards because you move Chauncey Golson to a different position? I think it should. And if that's the case, if you're looking at this as his you know first season as a defensive tackle because that's what it was, I think there are some things that you can build on with Chauncey Golston. Again, you know it's still wait and see with this guy. I'm not putting too much expectations on him. All I know is that I think that he can be in the rotation as a defensive tackle. And hopefully he can turn into something because that would be all for the better for us. So Quinn Bohanna, this is a guy who I feel like improved from his rookie season to his second season. Now, what is the ceiling for Quinn Bohanna? I don't think he's far off from his ceiling. And that's fine. I mean, you drafted this guy in the sixth round. I think that this guy can be in your rotation. I think he is a perfectly fine backup nose tackle on your team. But when you look at him being a starter on this team at nose tackle, I'm just not for that whatsoever. I don't think he's ready for that role. I don't think he'll ever be ready for that role. But again, that's fine. When you draft somebody in the sixth round, you know, more time than not, you're not going to get a guy who's going to make an impact for your team because if that was the case, then guys who go in the sixth round would go in the first round. Um, so, you know, granted, the Cowboys have had some success in those rounds. You look at a guy like Donovan Wilson. He was a sixth-round pick. I think Cedric Wilson was another guy that was a sixth-round pick. Um, so, you know, they do... they do really value their draft picks at every round of the draft. But, you know, if, if Quinn Bohanna can become just a solid backup nose tackle, I think that that's perfectly fine. I think that you get a very solid return on your investment, especially for a six-round pick. And, you know, my expectations aren't high for Quentin Bohanna this upcoming season. Like, he played really good football in the preseason last year, and I thought that he was really going to take that next step going into this past season. And you saw some flashes from time to time, but overall, there is a reason why they brought in Jonathan Hankins. And they brought in Jonathan Hankins because they didn't believe that Quentin Bohanna uh, was ready to be a starter on this team. The last guy I want to talk about is Neville Gallimore. Now, what is his future on his team? I think he's fighting for his life in this upcoming training camp. And the reason why I believe this is because I think that the Cowboys are probably going to keep about five defensive tackles on this team. And if that's the case, I mean, who are you kicking off this roster? I mean, when you go down the list, Mozzie Smith, absolutely not. Oso Digizua, absolutely not. Jonathan Hankins, absolutely not. Chauncey Golston, I mean, Chauncey would have to have a really bad training camp and Neville would have to have a really good one for him to make the team over Chauncey. I don't see that happening. Quentin Bohanna, maybe. I mean, I think that's the most realistic guy that he could put off, push off this roster. And, you know, it, it does make sense because when you look at 
you know, this rotation, I think that this is a very run defender heavy rotation at defensive tackle. Um, you know, maybe Chauncey Gostin can turn into a good pass rusher. But, you know, Neville Gallimore is a penetrating three technique. I mean, that's what uh, he was drafted to be. He just hasn't necessarily lived up to that. So, I mean, it, it's it's a little weird because when you look at the defensive tackle position, just because they're defensive tackles doesn't mean that they're fighting for the same position, right? Because there's different positions on the defensive line. So, I mean, if that's the case... I think that he's probably, if, if he's going to have to kick anybody off the roster, it's going to be Chauncey Golson, and I just don't see that happening. I think most likely Neville Gallimore isn't on this team this upcoming season. I, I, I think that there's a very real possibility that he gets cut. And it's upsetting because I thought that he had some real potential his rookie season. I thought he flashed some real potential, and I had some some very high expectations for him in his second season back in 2021. But he just hasn't lived up to what we thought he could be. And, you know, this this is a guy that was a third-round pick. And, you know, when you have your third-round picks, you want them to play better than what Neville Gallimore has been giving you. I mean, this is a guy who constantly has been getting blown off the ball, you know, throughout the course of this last season. You know, it just wasn't pretty tape to watch. And there's a reason why this guy wasn't active in a lot of games last season. And there's a reason why they were potentially looking to move on from the guy. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Neville Gallimore, but he's going to have to have a really good training camp for them to have to make a tough decision to keep this guy on the team. And maybe it's not, maybe they don't have a specific number on how many, obviously they're going to have a number, but meaning like maybe they're not dead set on, okay, we're just going to keep five defensive tackles. Maybe if Neville Gallimore really pushes the envelope, maybe they'll keep six, but I don't see them cutting Quentin Bohanna. I don't see that happening. You know, maybe they do, and maybe they look at Mozzie Smith and they say, hey, you're versatile, you can play one technique and three technique, so because you can do both of those things, maybe we can have a legitimate battle of, okay, who does their job better, Bohanna or Neville Gallimore? And maybe that's the camp battle, but I mean, it, it's it's a shame, man, and, and I think he really fell out of favor with this coaching staff last training camp when he was he was out of shape. Like he was out of shape in that Denver game or uh, when they went to Denver for practice, like he was out of breath. And I think that the coaching staff lost a lot of respect for him. This, this coaching staff, I don't believe uh, it was Mike Nolan that was around when they drafted uh, Neville Gallimore. It wasn't Dan Quinn. So I think he lost his sponsors in the room and, and, you know, in the NFL having a sponsor in the room is very important. And I don't know if Neville Gallimore has a sponsor anymore. So, you know, that's going to be something to look out for this training camp. But that's going to be it for the episode, though, guys. If you haven't already, please make sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you may be listening to this, make sure to follow the show. Make sure to leave a review as well. I would greatly appreciate that. You guys are the best. You guys really are. And uh, I know it's Monday. And that sucks. The weekend's over. However, I want everybody to take this message in. Your situation could be worse. I'm telling you, there's going to be a, a day in your life where you say to yourself, I wish I was going into that job that I hate or, you know, going to school instead of being in the position where I'm at right now. You're going to get to a point in your life where you get to that. So it's always important to be appreciative of what you have. Granted, I understand it's not ideal that it's Monday morning and that the weekend is over. But, you know, there are a lot of things to be grateful for, um, you know, and, and, and yeah, it does suck that it's Monday. <laughs> but I just wanted to give you guys that because I've just kind of had a new lease on life. Um, there was something that happened just in my personal life. Um, 
you know, we, we got over it, but there, there was something that happened. I don't want to necessarily air it out there, but it really, really kind of gave me a new lease on life. And I, I've really started to become more grateful for just opening my eyes in the morning. You know, whenever, whenever somebody comes up to me, uh, every morning they say to me, Oh, how are you doing this morning? I'm just like, well, my eyes are open and there's beautiful women to look at. So, you know, uh, we're, we're in a great situation. So I hope everybody has a blessed day. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys beat audio podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.